Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Okay, let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together as we turn our focus and our attention to the Word of God. We pray and ask that you would grant us your spirit of revelation in the knowledge of your Word, Lord, and your ways. We trust that you would grant us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that understands your will, and your word. We pray that you will take us deeper into the knowledge of your heart, into the knowledge of your ways, as we study and meditate your word. We pray that by your spirit, you will make this word life and light to us in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you for everyone who is listening to us, everyone who is seeing us at this point in time, and we pray for them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to, uh, to start a new subject uh, this, this afternoon, and a subject that I've entitled Beliefs and Values. Beliefs and Values. So if you're taking notes, you may want to put this uh, title at the top of your notes, Beliefs and values. First of all, I'd like to give you a definition of a value system. So when we talk about values, you need to understand what we are actually talking about. Values are a set of beliefs, a set of principles that we treasure and we consider to be very important as they form the foundation for the way in which we live our lives and the way we conduct ourselves, both individually as families and as, as a church. Values is what I like to call one's judgment of what is important in life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse, I think, 21, that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, what Jesus was referring to was what you consider treasure or valuable in your life, your heart will gravitate to it and will wrap itself around those things which you consider precious, valuable, and worthy of honor and respect. This is the definition of values or a value system. Our values, what we consider important in life, what we consider as treasure, determine not only how we relate to our Heavenly Father, but also how we relate to leadership, 
how we relate to one another and the manner in which we go about our business in every arena of life. So values are important. What you consider as valuable in your life, it's important to you because those things that you consider treasures or important or valuable are those things which your heart will gravitate towards them. Someone said that you always attract what you respect. Amen? So, our values, when we talk about values, they are established or shaped in our lives but what, by what we are taught, what we experience in life, what was communicated by our parents, our culture, our teachers, and, of course, influential people in our lives. Ultimately, every opinion we hold or every opinion we have in life is based on something in our belief and our value system. It's important to note that there are only two sets of values in the world that we live in. One is of God. God has a value system. And that value system is what I like to call a kingdom value system. And the world, of course, has a value system. Now, there are things the unbelieving world considers treasures or valuable and holds dear. And there are also things and principles that God and His kingdom holds valuable and dear but the two are completely opposite. They don't agree with one another. They contradict one another. In fact, Jesus said that what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the eyes of God. Very often what the world considers valuable or esteems highly, God considers it as abominable. That, that there's a contradiction. The world, in, when I speak about the world, I speak about the systems of this world. The, the values by which the world governs itself, they're completely opposite to God's values. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed as you renew your mind, so that you can prove what is good, what is acceptable, and the perfect will of God. The world's value system is founded upon the desires of the fallen nature of man, namely, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But God's value system, according to 1 Timothy chapter 6, you may want to make a note of that and look at that up in your own time, in your Bible reading. 1 Timothy chapter 6 says that God's value system is based upon righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. That's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. 
Now, citizens of the kingdom of God, if you are born again, if you're a Christian, a Christian who's born of the Spirit, you have a relationship with God, then we should learn as believers to live by godly values and godly standards and not by the world's standards. The problem we have is when we try to mix the two and try to live in both camps. And that, that's when we, we have a conflict. That's when we have a problem. That's when we have so much of the, of the spirit of this world has, has come into the church where people in the church who have experienced the grace of God and the love of God and the Spirit of God and the power of God, they have tasted of the heavenly calling and yet when they leave church, when they leave the Bible reading or the prayer room, they live like the world lives. They pursue the things of the world. They embrace what the world embraces rather than what God holds dear and valuable and pursue those things. Now, in going further, let me say this. Godly values or kingdom of God values are the foundation of Christian character. Kingdom values, I'm repeating that, are the foundation of Christian character and spiritual maturity. Your values, my values, determine the kind of people we are. And, of course, these values shape our very character and personality. Your personality then shapes your behavior. See, this is how it works. Your belief, what you believe is important, will shape your values. Your values then begin to shape your personality or your character. And your character then begins to shape your behavior. So, one cannot really change his behavior until he changes his value system. You understand that? Raise your hand if you understand that. So, change needs to take place in our values rather than in our behavior. Because when your values change, then your character changes. And when your character changes, your personality, then your behavior will naturally change. Because you don't hold dear what you used to hold dear prior to your rebirth. So, everything in your life and everything in my life is founded on the values we embrace, personally embrace, and the values we hold dear to our heart. That's why Jesus said, and I'm repeating, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, your heart will pursue what you value. What you consider important will naturally, naturally gravitate your passion and your heart and that's where your time and your pursuits will be spent. Now, our commitments in life 
are also based on our value system. Your investments, both monetary and time-wise, are based on the values you hold and respect. So I ask this question to all of us. How important it is for us to embrace the right kind of values? To embrace, to embrace and, and wrap our hearts around the Kingdom of God values rather than the world's values. Genuine transformation can only take place in our lives as well as in our sphere of influence when we embrace and adhere to a kingdom value system that is based on the righteousness of God. And that's what I want to emphasize today and hopefully to bring you into a place where you examine what you value and what you hold dear in your life. What is important to you? What do you consider as your treasure, as important to you, as priorities in life? That's why I believe it's very important that we develop a personal value system because it will give us structure and it will give us purpose by helping us determine what is meaningful and what is important to us. And, and I encourage you to sit down one day in your prayer time, in your quiet time, in your meditation and ask yourself and have a, a piece of paper and a pen next to you and say, what do I consider valuable in my life? What is, pre what is precious? What is important? What do I treasure? Family, relationships, the Word of God, the Kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit. Do a list of things that you consider valuable and examine what is it that you pursue, what is it that you, that you consider as important. Because there are many things in our lives that we consider valuable, but in the eyes of God and in the eyes of eternity carry very little value if any at all. And you know, sometimes we spend most of our time and most of our lives pursuing things and building on things that have no real eternal value. In the light of eternity, they're not valuable. Amen? Hello? Now, another thing is that our values, they help us to express who we are and what we stand for. Tell me what your values are and I'll tell you who you are, what kind of a person you are. If we are unaware of or somehow become disconnected with our values, then we will end up making choices out of impulse or out of preference or convenience and instant gratification rather than asking or acting in faith and love and responsible decision-making. That's why you cannot, you must be aware of what your values are. You cannot be disconnected with your values. Otherwise, your decisions will be based upon impulse, 
or feelings or preference and instant gratification rather than acting in faith and love and responsible decision-making. So the true values that we hold in life are the ones by which we actually live. It's not something we put on, on a piece of paper. These values must be written on the walls of our hearts. It is something that we live by. If we claim to value something and yet do the opposite of it, then we actually value something else. For instance, let me give you an example. If I claim to value truth and yet continue to lie, then there is something more important to me than telling the truth, is it not? My lies prove that I hold some other value more deeply than the value of honesty. So, values, real values that we live by are the ones that are written on the walls of our hearts, not on a piece of paper. You know, when you attend a membership class in our fellowship, and we take you through the membership class, one of the things that we teach you are certain values that we hold dear and, and we consider important. They're written on a piece of paper. But if those values are not written on the walls of our hearts, they mean nothing. Are you with me? Amen. Another thing is that our beliefs, what you believe and what you value, will impact every aspect of life, including your personal and work behaviors, including your interactions with family, with friends, with co-workers, our decision-making processes, and the direction we choose to go in life. That is why it is so important to know what you believe, to know what you value, and to examine those beliefs and those values to see whether they line up with God's Word and God's will, rather than the world system. I, I, I personally believe, it is my conviction, that lasting changes can only take place when our values change. Now, in order to bring meaningful change in our quality of life, we have to first change our belief system, which in turn changes our value system, and ultimately we bring a lasting change in our behavior and manner of conduct. You know, when I came to Christ as a young believer, my values changed because my belief system changed. I no longer believed and valued what I, what I held dear prior to my conversion. I mean, one day I was an ungodly man pursuing ungodly desires, and the next day when I got born again, Spirit of God came into my heart and into my life. My value system changed. I no longer pursued those things. The more my belief system changed, the more my values changed. You see? Prior to my conversion, and I'm sure it is the same with you, I did not believe in God. 
And, uh, and as a result, I lived a life without the fear of God, a life that was founded upon an ungodly and worldly value system. Now, God and His Word, which was interpreted by the Holy Spirit, helped me to change what I believe. And when my beliefs changed, my values changed. And when my values changed, my character changed. Here I am having the same body, looking the same, but I was no longer the same man. Amen? The same thing must have happened to you when you, if you got born again, if the grace of God has touched your life and you've experienced the forgiveness of God, the love of God, the power of God and the Holy Spirit came into you and empowered you, surely you cannot carry the same value system that you carried prior to your conversion. Amen? Are you still out there? Now these things I'm teaching you are deep. They, are, they, they will help us grow spiritually by understanding what we mean when we talk about values and a value system. And if we desire to be, to, to be agents of change, and that's what it's all about. My task and the church's task or the ministries, uh, those who are in the full-time ministry, have given themselves over to equipping the saints for the work of service. Our task is to equip you to be able to do the works that God has called you to do. Our task is to be able to help you find those works that God has called you to do and to prophetically call them out of you so that you can devote yourself not to meaningless things, but to the things that will last, and as Michael uh, preached this morning, echo into eternity. I encouraged you to listen to that message that was preached this morning. Very powerful word. So, in equipping you, one of the most important things that we, we strive to do is to change your value system and bring it into agreement with the kingdom value system. Amen? Now, having values, as I said, which are written on paper will only do us no good unless they are, of course, in our hearts. Listen to what the psalmist said. You may want to make note of this. Psalm 40, verse 8. The psalmist said in Psalms 40 and verse 8, listen to what he said. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. Notice that the psalmist delighted in doing the will of God. Why? Because God's values, God's laws, God's statutes were within his heart. And that's what he said, I delight, I take pleasure in doing your will, my God. Why? Because your laws, your values, your statutes, your principles are written within my heart. And that's what the Spirit does. In the Old Covenant, the values of God or the commandments of God were written on a tablet of stone. 
And in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit comes within us and writes those values on the walls of our hearts. Not only that, but the Spirit also enables and empowers us to live by a godly value system. Now, listen to what Jesus taught concerning kingdom values or some of the kingdom values. And I want you to open your Bibles with me and go to Matthew chapter 6, please. And we're going to read quite a lengthy uh, portion of Scripture here. Matthew chapter 6, and I'm reading from the New King James Version from verse 19 through to 34. I'll wait a few moments until you find your own uh, your own place in Matthew 6, 19 and verse 34. Jesus is teaching here and he says the following, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in, break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not the life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now the fundamental principle Jesus gave us in these portion of scriptures is that he's teaching us to be aware of and to guard our hearts from a worldly 
value system. Because what we treasure and value in life, as we said, is where our devotion and our commitments will be. Now, here is the thing. Jesus said that the people of this world, he called them the pagans. He said that they are daily consumed by worry, by stress, by anxiety and fear concerning their lives, concerning their welfare, and the daily sustenance in this present world. Why? Well, because their entire lives are centered around what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they are going to wear, what they're going to buy and sell, where they're going to live, and how they are going to enjoy themselves. Now that is a worldly value system. A system that is pursued, values that are pursued by those who have no relationship with God. And Jesus said, don't be like them. In other words, their belief and value system is characterized by a materialistic view that is based on the desires of the flesh or of the fallen nature. The believer, though, listen here now, the one who has come to know the Lord in an intimate way should be daily consumed and governed by the interests of the kingdom of God and the will of God for his life. Now, if you pursue the will of God, if you pursue the direction of the Holy Spirit, then your needs will be met. But I find today, even in, 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 in many believers, so much of our mind is focused around our financial affairs. How are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to pay our debts? How are we going to live? How are we going to do this? We are consumed by these needs which the Lord said they will freely be given to you when we give ourselves to pursuing the interests of the kingdom of God. Many years ago, and I shared this in church this morning, I'm not sure it's just before I entered the ministry or right after I entered the ministry. That was back in 1983. The Lord said something very profound to me. He said, son, if you take care of my house, I will take care of your house. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, where your income is going to come from. Just be consumed by taking care of my people. If you take care of my house, you follow my spirit, you do what I tell you to do, you stay undercover and, 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 and follow the leading of my spirit, I will always take care of your house. And he has been doing that so much so, more than before I entered the ministry, for 30, 83, 17, 35 years now. God is faithful to his word, folks. And, and one of the things that grieves me, uh, I don't know why I'm sharing this today, is that believers who've experienced the grace of God 
I understand God tests our faith many times, that they struggle with these things, and there's no time free or time available to meditate the Word of God, to give ourselves to prayer, to give ourselves to sharing the gospel, to sharing our faith with those that do not know Christ, because we are so stressed out and so preoccupied with our own affairs. And folks, it shouldn't be so. I, I, I sincerely mean what I say. It shouldn't be so. Because the Lord says that if you pursue the kingdom and the interests of the kingdom and you, and you follow the leading of the Spirit and you do what He tells you to do, God says, all these things that the pagans seek after, I will give them to you without your, uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about not working, without your anxiety, without your stress, without your sweat. God loves to bless his children. In fact, the Bible says he delights in the prosperity of his servants. Amen. Just wave your hand, please, if you're still with me out there. Give me a sign that you're listening to what I'm talking. This is, this is serious. That is why the house of God, the church of God, is neglected today. Why? Because we so focused. You know, Jesus talked about the tares or the thorns, and he named three things. He said the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering into our hearts choke the very word of God, the very life of God, and we become unfruitful. Amen? They, we become unfruitful way unfruitful in the extension and establishing of his kingdom here on the earth. And so we need to examine these things in our own lives and say, I recall for me it was a great battle being able uh, uh, to not to entangle myself with the affairs of this life even while I was yet in business. Uh, and, and don't forget I was there where you are today. I, I was running a business with my wife for many years and a very successful business. But believe me, it was a constant struggle to keep my heart focused on the Lord and not on the business. In the beginning, as I was learning to do this, it was very difficult. I recall if the business were down, Andrea was down, very depressed. How's, well, the, how are you doing? Well, today we're not so busy, you know, our, our, our takings were not so great. So here I was, done in the dumps. The, the next time, how are you doing? Business was good. Oh yeah, I was full of joy, I was rejoicing, I was thanking God. Why? Because business were doing well. <laughs> but God wanted me to rejoice all the time whether business was doing great or not doing great. And so it was a constant struggle to be able to keep my focus on the will and the plan and the purpose of God for my life and not to entangle myself with the affairs of this life. That's what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, you're a soldier. Remember who you are. Don't entangle your heart and, your, and yourself with the affairs of this present life. Keep your focus on the Lord. Pursue faith and love and godliness and righteousness. Pursue the will of God. Be obedient to the will of God. 
And don't worry about these other things. God will take care of you. And that's what I want to communicate to you today. Say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I want to pursue your kingdom. I believe I am. Show me areas in my life where I'm not pursuing your will, but I'm pursuing something else. Help me to overcome this temptation to be stressed out, to be anxious, to be fearful concerning my life and my future. Our lives, the Bible says, are hid with Christ in God. You are God's. Your future is in God's hands. And He's able to take care of you if you just keep being obedient and staying under His covering and pursuing those things the Spirit is, is, is prompting you to pursue. Amen? Sure. Hallelujah! Now, that's why I say to you that the one who's been born again, his whole value system ought to change. We no longer pursue the things on the earth, but we pursue the things that are above. Listen to what Paul says as he writes to the believers in Colossae. He says to them in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, turn with me please in your own Bibles and find Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Listen, folks, we're not going to have another life. We're not going to come back here on the earth and live another life to serve God and to please God. This is, this is, this is a once-in-a-lifetime. We are here for a season. We are here for a short time. And God says, while you're here, serve me. Serve my purposes. Because there's not only a, a, a present reward, but an eternal reward for those who seek the kingdom. Paul says to the Colossians, to the believers, and he's, he's also instructing us, you and me, for these words are eternal, they never grow old. He says, if you are risen with Christ, how many of us are risen with Christ into a newness of life? Can I see our hands? Praise the Lord. Then, he says, notice what he says, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. He talks about pursuits. He talks about a value system that is heavenly, not earthly. What the Spirit is saying through Paul here is that we should wrap our hearts, our affection around those things which are above and not those things which are on the earth. He's encouraging us as citizens of the kingdom of God to establish a heavenly value system by which we base our lives on. Now you may ask, what is above? What is above? He's telling, well, he said, set your affection on things above. What is above? First of all, it's the Word of God. Set your affection on the Word of God. What is above? Faith. What is above? Love. What is above? Generosity. What is above? Patience, meekness, gentleness, kindness, servitude. Those things are from above. They're not from the earth. 
So he says, set your affection. We can't set our affection and our hearts on those things if we value other things. Amen? So, listen to what Paul writes to Timothy uh, concerning these things that we talk about. And he's advising him some things to avoid and other things he should pursue and set his affection on. Turn with me, please, to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's look at that together. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through to 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through to 12. Paul admonishes Timothy the things that he should avoid and the things that he should pursue and value. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. In other words, he's telling him to pursue and value godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Notice that God didn't pierce them. They have pierced themselves by pursuing the love of money. He didn't say money is the root of all evil. He said the love of it is the root of all evil, which some, he says, have erred, from the faith. That's what the love of money will do for you. The love for material things. The love for possessions. That, that's called covetousness. And the Bible calls that idolatry. And he says they've erred from the faith. They have taken themselves out from the path of faith. And they have pierced themselves with many sorrows. Now he's telling him what to pursue. But thou man of God... Flee these things. When the Bible says flee, you flee. You don't stay and fight and resist. Flee. Run away from. And follow after righteousness. What is above? Righteousness. Follow after godliness. Faith. Love. Patience. Meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So when the word of God says, set your affection on things above, here are the things that are above, and that Paul tells Timothy to pursue and to follow after. Righteousness, godliness, follow faith, Love, patience, meekness. And then he says, fight the good fight of faith. Avoid the traps of the world. Change your value systems. And hold things that are dear, the ones that are dear to the Lord. 
Now, throughout the New Testament, <clears throat> if you've noticed, if you are a student of the Bible, the, father of, the fathers of our faith, all of them, inspired by the Holy Spirit, continue to instruct and encourage us to embrace values which glorify the Lord and, of course, have eternal rewards. Now, I'm going to, I have more to say, but I'm going to finish and stop here. We will continue next week. And I'm, there, is, there is also a number of us who are not on the webinar today, so I don't want them to miss this. For me, this is very important. That's what been brewing on my heart for days, and I couldn't wait until I communicated this word and teach it to you. Because I see so much of the values of the world coming into the church that truly what they do is they numb our spirits and cause us to lose our passion for God and the fire and the zeal of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says what's going to complete and finish the house of God or the, the, the work of God is the zeal of the Lord. And when that zeal and that passion for God and His purposes on the earth is drowned, then we become hazy and we lose our sense of direction. We lose our purpose in the multitude of activities that we busy with every day. So keep your heart, keep your focus on the Word and on the Lord. And it's a daily battle, folks. It's a struggle to do that, especially those of you who are engaged in this world from day to day, who are running a business, who are interacting with people, doing your work, working for other people. It's a constant battle. Keep your priorities in the right order. Keep your focus on God. Spend time in the Word. Because the more time you spend in the Word and in prayer, the more God is able to stir up your spirit and, and, and energize you to seek the very things that the Bible tells us to seek. And I trust that you've been blessed by this Word today. I want you to take it to heart. Meditate on these words, on the Scriptures that I've given you. And let's pray together. And let's come together pursuing one common goal, one common purpose. The interests of the Kingdom of God. Lord, you planted me in this place. Show me how to extend and to establish your influence in my sphere of influence, starting with your very own family with your very own house. Gather your children. Pray together. Trust God. Teach them the values of faith, the values of love, the principles of righteousness. And these things, God is looking to us as parents to do that. Pray with your kids together. Exercise your faith together. And go out trusting God to give you opportunities to be able to share His Word and to spread the, the fragrance of the risen Christ wherever you and I go. Amen? Praise God. If every one of us take this to heart and begins prayer and the study of the Word, this ministry will explode, folks. Leave the offenses. Leave the things you're unhappy about. Oh, you, you heard, or oh, this one said this, or oh, this one said that. Well, you and unmet expect leave them out leave them to the side and pursue the lord and talk to god about it and let god inspire you motivate you and 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 minister the wisdom into those situations that you are seeking answers for 
Can we pray? Can we close in prayer before we, I open it up for you? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word today. We thank you for who you are and for the very word you send to us. Father, you have chosen to send your word, and through your word you healed us and delivered us from our destructions. And I pray that the word which we have heard today, from your very mouth, Lord, through your messenger, will not return unto you void, but will accomplish that which you please, and it will prosper in the thing with you sent it. Father, help us through the light of your glorious Spirit to examine our values, our beliefs, and Father, to conform ourselves to the values of the kingdom and not the values of this present world. Help us, O Lord, and guard our hearts. Help us to guard our hearts and our minds to be fully devoted to you, devoted to your purposes and to the interests of the kingdom of God so that you may be glorified on the earth through our obedience, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.